What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Five Out Podcast. We're talking about the NBA season, what, what to expect. Uh, we're going to give you guys some projections this week, along with uh, our uh, winners of the MVPs and, and other awards of such. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Giannis deal. I've got some questions for Jacob and Josie. They are joining me today. Uh, so let's get right into these questions of the day. First up, we're going to start with our NBA question. It is a trivia question, boys, so get your, get your thinking caps on. Of the current franchises in the NBA, who has the worst uh, winning record right now? Or the losing record, too, like worst overall record? I'll give you guys a couple minutes to think. There's no, it's not over a specific time period either. So if, that, if you have that question, so like the worst win percentage, yes, all time, uh, just of the current franchises, yes, all time. Mm-hmm. That's one. a good one. Yeah, it, it's okay if you guys don't know. Just throw out some teams. Throw out some guesses. I feel like I feel like I might be onto something. Uh, kind of concerned. I feel like it might be the Sacramento Kings. I was going the Kings too. I was thinking the Kings too. Uh, let me throw out another one out there. Magic. Shoot. I'll give you guys one hint. It's in the oh, Western, Western oh. Conference. Western Conference. Western Conference. And it's not oh, the, the Kings. The, the Suns. Oh, Clippers. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, with a point. Yeah. Three nine one percentage over their over their uh, franchise career or the franchise win loss percentage. So, uh, Timberwolves are a terrible team. <laughs> their early two thousand years would have helped them up a little bit more. Yeah, if they would have kept KG, maybe they would have uh, been a little bit better. But uh, which it kind of surprised. I mean, you guys threw out some good teams: the Kings, the Clippers, the Bobcats. But like even then, like I just feel like the Timberwolves have just been not the worst team, but they've just been bad. All throughout the time, even with K Love in the in the two in the early 2010s. So well, well, if you didn't know, it's uh, you know, like because the Timberwolves are part of my division. Mm-hmm. They only made the playoffs once since '05, yeah. so it kind of makes sense. Does yeah. make sense? Yeah, does make sense. So, um, interesting for sure. But now let's hop to our other question. It's obviously December. It's obviously Christmas time. So I got to hit you guys with a Christmas question. I want both of you guys to give me your top three. Christmas songs that you guys listen to during the season. Josie, let me hear your top three. Uh, Feliz Navidad, of course. course. I have to. If not, I'll be sort of disowned by <laughs> by my people. Um, what was it? Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Okay. And then, of course, Mariah Carey. Uh, what is it? All I Want for Christmas is You. Yep, it's just sure. like, it, that, that has to be a must. If not, you, you, you don't like Christmas. Exactly. Jacob, what's your top three, my friend? Those are those are some good ones right there. I don't uh, necessarily disagree with you. I will agree on one. All I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. That's uh, definitely in my top three for sure. Um, a classic one that I've always loved, uh, Super Slow, uh, Silent Night. That's a great one. And I know I might catch a lot of hate for this one, but Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. That's the best version <laughs> of that song. I promise you it's a banger every time I hear it. Yeah. Hey, let's be honest. There's no bad Christmas songs. 
Okay. There's no bad Christmas songs. There might not be the best Christmas songs, but there's no bad Christmas songs. No, uh, it, it depends who sings it. That That's the big part. Hey, like all the Christmas songs are good. It hey, depends Gucci, who sings Christmas the song. Album slaps too. Gucci yeah. has a good Christmas album. Yeah. <laughs> Gucci? Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't Soldier Boy come out with a Christmas uh, album Soldier. like a couple of years ago? Yeah. Hey, Snoop Dogg, I think, has one too. Yeah, so like, hey, anyone can sing a Christmas song. I love the Michael Blue blue blaze version of christmas yep. songs those mm-hmm. ones bang but more i care is all i want for christmas is you it has to be has to be everyone at least in everyone's top three it's Absolutely. it bangs every year I, I love last christmas too by wham that one's a good one um and then let it snow i don't know who that's by but the song let it snow always always hits me in my heart uh, when it comes to christmas time but that does it for our christmas question let's move on um some news well, since since we last were on, the uh, preseason has been going on. Um, been fun to watch some games. Uh, I honestly don't know his name. I think his, his initials are T H L for the Lakers. Um, I don't. I put up I, like thirty one points. Yeah, or I put like up thirty one points for Lakers. Alan Horton Tucker. Yes, you're some some like that. Yeah, I, he put up thirty one points. But then I saw like three tweets down. I saw don't get too hyped. Um, because preseason basketball means nothing, and they showed highlight tape of Anthony Bennett going off <laughs> for the Cavaliers, <laughs> and then and then Bennett turned out to be that. So don't get too hyped about this preseason, but it's nice to see basketball being played. Um, it's a little weird to see the the, the gyms empty. Um, you know, like in the, the back, it's like it, it, like football. I've gotten used to it, but basketball, I was like, this is like, are they practicing? Are they showing us practice? And um, it's kind of weird to see that. But then. Today, news dropped. Giannis Antetokounmpo signs a five-year supermax deal of $228 million, the highest-paid NBA player in history. Josie, I want to go to you for your thoughts because we heard Jacob's thoughts about Giannis's deal whenever we break down the division. So, Josie, let me hear your thoughts about Giannis's fat contract. Well, he deserves it. He's a two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. What, two-time defensive player of the year, I think? Or he, I know he won it last year for sure. Yeah. Uh, he deserves it. He is basically one of the top five players right now of all time, right now in this environment. Um, and it, we all saw it coming because the, the Milwaukee Bucks were, were spending money in the offseason, making the necessary trades to keep him around to basically tell him, Giannis, you are our guy for the next five years. And they paid him like that. So it's, it's the right step. It's, it's the right move for Milwaukee to sort of establish himself as probably – that top three team in the NBA every single year for the next five years, at least until Giannis decides to go somewhere else. The biggest thing is, will his support players around him come up and play and provide the, the level of play he needs in order to take Milwaukee to the next level? Because they've always been a top-tier team with, with Giannis, but they've always sort of fell short of, of, the, of that mountaintop. And this is the year, that, at least in the next five years, it's they have to make the championship at least once or multiple times or at least when they want to basically win, get, get all the money that they paid for Giannis for the next five years. Oh, agreed. I, Giannis is very deserving of the award. The story he's had from being a player from Greece, what he looked like his rookie year to what he looks like now and how he plays, um, a great overall story, and, and it's what you want to hear in the NBA. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's break down these divisions. Uh, we're going to give you guys our – we're going to go through each division and talk about each team. Even if they suck, we'll give them just a snippet of our time, but we'll, we'll save it for the better teams. Uh, we'll kind of rank the teams one through five on each division, and then we'll go through an overall playoff picture. 
towards the end. So, uh, Josie, we're actually going to start with you again, sir. You've got the Northwest Division out west. Give me your thoughts on this division, sir. Well, first and foremost, I think the Northwest Division is probably the hardest one to sort of pick from the, the, the top to, to, to sort of level, uh, go from one to five because uh, there's there, there's good talent across a lot of teams, but a lot of teams lack that, that depth to sort of get them to the next level. Um, first and foremost, in my opinion, the, on the Northwest, the Nuggets will take number one seed, but it's going to be a toss-up. In my opinion, the, the Nuggets are going to take number one seed because they came off a really good 2020 year when they made it to the, West, the Western Conference Finals. But they might be taking a step backwards because they're losing key contributors. They lost Jeremy Grant, Matt Mason, Mason Pumley, and like all these people who are good contributors that helped them get to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and, and they're going to be relying a lot for on, on Jokic and Murray to sort of get them to just to be a top three team. But first, of, but they have some potential because they got Michael Porter Jr. coming back from a really good year he had last year. Bull Bulls actually turned out to be a pretty decent player too. So. In order for the Nuggets to be the number one team, they have to sort of rely on that depth that they sort of have and make sure that the, the key contributors that they will come in, that, that, that are coming in, like like Michael Porter Jr., Bo Bo, uh, RJ Hampton that they picked up and, and, and that they picked up as well, those players coming in will, will help them get the number one seed. The biggest question is how quickly, you know, not how quickly, like will they gain injuries? Because if Jokic goes out, if Murray goes out, that might put them down to a two or three seed. From there, in my opinion, Portland will get number two because they finally have all the role players around Damian Lillard to actually do something this year. They've, uh, they they retained Ronnie Hood, Carmelo Anthony. They picked up uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Harry Giles, which are really two young players. And they also acquired Ennis Counter and uh, Robert Cummington. So this is the first time Damian actually has depth around him to sort of go in and actually make a statement this year. So uh, they have the best, in my opinion, the the best team to sort of beat Denver for number one, and I think they'll be number two. And I think they could be a dark horse in, in the Western Conference if they actually sort of get together and actually do what they're supposed to do. Number three, Utah. Uh, Utah, because they didn't do much this offseason. It's basically the, the, the same – roster that they had last year where they lost in the first round of Western Conference Finals. Yes, they still have Donovan Mitchell and they still have uh, Rudy Gobert, which are two really good players, probably top 15 players in the NBA right now. But the thing is you don't have any support players around those two to sort of go in and take the next step in in the progression to become a, a top three or four team in the Western Conference. So Utah will be number three. Uh, number four, Timberwolves. I think Timberwolves will take number four. Uh, it's going to be hard because you're relying on DeAndre Russell and Carl Anthony Towns to sort of take the Timberwolves to to that next level. But these are two really inexperienced guys. They have talent, but the thing is, how quickly will they be able to mesh and basically basically be able to play as a team to take them to be maybe fighting for a a playoff seed? But I don't know. I don't think they'll be able to. They're just too young, in my opinion. Yes, they they got the first-round draft pick, and I think the Edwards, he's a really – good rejuvenated guard that can sort of bring in that extra spark to the team. But I think they're still too young. They, they need time to sort of mesh. Maybe two or, maybe another year or two, they could, they, could, they could be fighting for a playoff spot, but uh, not right now. And then finally, number five, I think everybody thinks that everybody, who would be number five is Oklahoma City Thunder. They just don't <laughs> care. They trade everybody that they wanted. They just trade everybody they wanted. And they're, and they're sort of 
playing the long game. Yeah, they have two really good Canadians in uh, Shagilis Alexander and what Lewins's Dort, I think is his name. Um, yeah. So they're two really good players. Uh, but the thing is, they are sort of putting – they're hedging their bets for that 2021 draft. They're hedging their bets for the future. And they have, what, so, so many draft first-round draft picks you can't even count in two hands. Yeah. Um, so they are sort of waiting for that future, which is – I it makes sense. So they're, they're probably going to be taking for taking for the number one spot, number one draft pick, so we'll see. For sure. And I, we're, we're about to head to the Pacific Division, and, and Jacob's going to talk about them. So – uh, it's going to be tough to, to – I think the Pacific has four playoff teams in it, uh, and that only means there's four playoff spots left for the other division. So uh, it's going to be tough to be a third team and get in in, in your division. So you got to work your way up. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But I'm going to give it to Jacob. Probably the toughest division we'll talk about all, all week or all day today. Um, Jacob, go ahead. Talk about this Pacific division out west. Yeah, before we even get to that – um, I think Utah Jazz back in the Northwest Division will probably be better than Portland in the regular season. Don't doubt Portland in the playoffs. They got the right pieces, but it'll take them uh, a little bit longer to click, I think. Utah Jazz have the same team. They know the system well, know the coach well. So I think you'll see them do a lot better in the regular season. But jumping over to the Pacific, there might be four teams in the playoffs there. Um, Probably most competitive division. You got the huge battle of LA with the Clippers and Lakers. But let's go bottom top. Um, I don't want to start at the top. I want to start with the worst team, and we all know who that is: Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I don't have much to say about them. <laughs> they got a good young backcourt, but you know they're they're gonna have to leave at some point. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Sacramento needs to relocate and move to Seattle. They need to get a fresh start with that franchise and do something completely new. Nothing's working there. Vladi Divac has been a disaster. So they're just at the bottom tier. Next might surprise y'all, but I think the team I'll end up fourth in that division is the Warriors. And hear me out. Clay's gone. He's hurt the whole year. I personally think this will be Steph Curry's hardest year in the NBA. He battled for, through a few ankle injuries first couple years, had a rough time coming back from that. Obviously, you see two-time MVP, three-time champion, great, all-time great player. But he's going to attract so much attention because the lack of shooting around him that Clay provides. Yes, they have good athletic wings and Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, probably good young rookie, Wiseman, and a player that makes everyone better in Draymond Green. But that's five good players. Who's coming off the bench for them? They can't all play 48 minutes a game. So I think a lot of fatigue will factor them a lot and probably end up losing them a couple of games because of their lack of depth. And surprising to everyone, and I think we're all happy to see is Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the backcourt, Phoenix Suns. They'll probably end up third in that division. Um, I think you may see an all-star caliber year in DeAndre Ayton. Maybe not be an all-star, but have a fantastic season, especially with the addition of Chris Paul there. Um, it's not a good wing out there. Um, shoot, who did they even get? The, um, just lost his name. Going to yeah, start. But uh, they got Cam Johnson anyways. Uh, they got some good depth out there. Um, I think that they have a pretty good coach too. So I think they might surprise a few teams. Even if they don't look great on paper to everyone, um, they'll be a tough, tough out for anyone that night. And then uh, probably end up second will be the Clippers. Um, you know, a little re revamped team, new coach. Um, 
I still think they'll still have some chemistry issues with the way that the way uh, Kawhi and PG have been treated by uh, the coaching staff, the training staff, all this load management stuff. But um, they'll always be competitive, two great two-way players. So you can't really count them out for anything. Serge Ibaka is going to be a huge addition to that team. Not quite the same player Montrez Harrell was, but a little bit different. Can shoot the ball a little better, stretch the floor, good rim protector. So um, obviously they're still going to be probably the number – two team in the West overall, honestly. And then obviously the Los Angeles Lakers are going to finish first. Um, they had a great pieces at Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, great backcourt, you know, some young guys you see like town Horton Tucker in preseason. I know it might not mean much, but Hey, he might crack some minutes and do something in the playoffs who knows, or in the regular season. But I mean, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis leading your team to probably the top three players in the league, in general, um, I don't see why they're not going to win that division and not win the West unless they miss a handful of games to rest their bodies. But that's pretty much sums up. There might be four playoff teams, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors don't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you about the Warriors. If they had Clay, this would be a different story. I almost could see right. them going for that second seed in this division um, with Clay, but the with not having Clay and, and not having a real dominant second scorer and for the Warriors, I see them having a tough time. And then um, with the with the Suns and the Lakers, I'll say this. You know, we talked about Portland having a tough time bringing in new assets. And this has nothing to say bad against Damian Lillard or the coaching staffs, anyone there. But it takes a certain type of leader to, to do that. And Chris Paul and, and LeBron James are those guys. You know, they're going to bring they've, – they've shown it. They've brought in a ton of talent over the years. And things have just meshed right away. I mean, Chris Paul and the Thunder, the Thunder were like in the top four halfway through the year and Chris Paul had never played with these guys before. So I think Chris Paul and the Lakers or Chris Paul and the Suns and then the Lakers with LeBron, all their new additions, it might look scary on paper, but I think it's going to work out because they're such great leaders and they know how to win games. So I I think I'm in agreement with you, Jacob, on that one. And I don't think it's going to surprise anyone that the Suns are a good basketball team because of Chris Paul. But in the final division, I, I picked this division for myself because I know you guys are Mavs fan. I didn't. I wanted no Mavs bias. Um, I, I am. I am an avid Dallas team hater. But I will say this: I do like the Mavs. I do like watching them play. Uh, most of it is because of their coach, but they do have a good team overall. But I'm not going to start at the top because I want to finish with the Mavs because we we all live in Dallas. You know, this will turn into kind of a Dallas podcast uh, as I've noticed. But Let's go ahead and start off uh, with the team I think is going to finish last. And this is, might be a surprise, might not. The Houston Rockets. Now, this the Houston Rockets are going to finish last because I don't think James Harden plays the whole year with Houston. Now, I don't know if he's going to get traded. I don't know if he's going to sit out for the start of the year and then you know play halfway through and try to get traded. The, I don't think he plays for Houston the entire year. Uh, I think Houston is in total dismay, dismay right now. They have... They've just lost their head coach. They just traded away the, their best, you know, their second best player in Russell Westbrook. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are not other past their primes. Uh, and John Wall is coming off an Achilles injury, I believe. So I, I hope the best for him. And I really think, I really want to see him do well. I just don't think Houston's going to be a good overall team. And I always like to see the city of Houston suffer uh, with the Rockets being a bad basketball team. So there's that. But, I, but not far behind them, the San Antonio Spurs, Again, two old stars into Rosen and Albridge. They're way past their primes. 
Uh, I like Deontay Murray and, and Derek White in their front court, but they, besides the uniforms, I have nothing I'm looking forward to seeing them play this year. So uh, other than that, like, I, and I love Popovich. He's probably my favorite coach. Um, my One of my favorite NBA coaches, like, ever to watch. And I feel bad that this is a team he has now after those Duncan years. Um, but I'm sorry to say, Spurs fans, it, you and the Rockets are going to be battling for probably a top 10 pick this year. And, and Houston might change if Harden plays the whole year because he is that great of a player, but I don't see them making the playoffs. And then goes to my two surprises. I have the Pelicans at third, and this is because I still think they're really young. I think they have the talent to beat the Grizzlies, but I think the Grizzlies are a better overall team. Uh, I like, obviously, I love Zion Williamson. I think he's not going to be on a, a minute restriction, so – I have not seen a full game of Zion yet, and once I start seeing multiple games of that, this could honestly change, and the and the Pelicans could be you know crazy good. They have Ingram as well, so they have two dominant scores. But the loss of Drew Holiday is going to be huge. It's very very undervalued, and I think you're gonna see a, the you're gonna see it play effect <clears throat> in the mentality of the Pelicans players because Drew Holiday just was an old grit and grind guy. But they get Steven Adams, who is a grit and grind guy. I just don't know how he fits with that team with Zion not really being a threat from the three-point line. Uh, Steven Adams not really doing that. But And they have Jackson Hayes. So I don't love their additions. Uh, I still think they're going to be a good basketball team. They got a new head coach as well. I don't know who that is. Uh, but then my second team is the Grizzlies. Now the Pelicans and Grizzlies, I think, will be fighting for seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth spot in the playoffs this year. And so I don't have them as a sure in the Grizzlies, but John Morant looked electric last year. You get back pretty much everyone uh, from last year. I, I love Dylan Brooks, Brooks watching him play. He's an old school type of guy. Uh, gotta love that about him. Uh, hopefully Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. can stay healthy for the full year and actually play because uh, he he's a really good basketball player. And I just, again, I enjoy watching him play basketball, but it sucks that he's been hurt. I uh, love Jonas Valachunas as well. So they're, they're a fun team. They're, they're not the old grit and grind team of the Marcus Saul, Zach Rudolph days, but they are a more, they're more, they're, they're similar to that. They're not like the new year, ba new era basketball with all these threes and everything like that. So I like that team. I think they'll do good. And then obviously the team that's going to win the division. And I think they're going to win it pretty easily is the Mavericks. Uh, they didn't add a lot, a lot of big name guys, I, you know, players who are going to completely change the team, but Josh Richardson and Josh Green, uh, I think are going to affect this team tremendously. They really, what they needed was three and D wings and they went out and got two of them uh, to play alongside Dorian Finney-Smith as well as Tim Hardaway. Like they're, and, and we're going to go over our MVPs of the year. And if either of you guys say Luca is a dark horse for the MVP, I'm going to punch you through the screen because he is a front runner for the MVP. There, there is no, there is no question about it. There, there was a report on ESPN. They did their percentages. Luca beat LeBron by like, I think it was eight percent. He was thirty-six percent, you know, percent to win the MVP. He, he is, get ready, Dallas, because he's about to, he's about to go off, and he's about to be the MVP of of the league this year. I, I can see it surely happening. And once KP comes back, this team is a true contender, at least in the West. I don't think they beat the Lakers or the Clippers. Well, shoot, they might beat the Clippers if they're healthy. Uh, right. They almost did it last year in the bubble, but um, but yeah, I, I truly see the Mavs as a as a as a top four seed. 
And I, I think I think for the city of Dallas, it's going to be an electric time with with the Mavericks being good at basketball again, um, and being contenders like they were with Dirk in the in the 2010 or the early 2010. So that's the Western Conference. We're going to dive into who we think is going to make the playoffs, and we'll go through that after our break. But before we get there, we're going to go to the Eastern Conference. Jacob got the Pacific Conference, which was the best in the West, but now he gets the worst conference in the East. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about the Central and and be 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 kind to my Pacers. Be kind to my Pacers, please. Jacob. Don't be kind. Just just rip them apart. Just go into them. I was just nice well, to the Mavs <laughs> because because the Mavs actually have a good team around them. Can be whoa, a top four team. Whoa, whoa, calm down. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, the Central Division's obviously. One, the Bucks are very top-heavy, so they're going to be the favorites to win that uh, pretty easily. They'll probably be the favorite to win the East as well. Uh, Giannis obviously signed his extension, which is huge for a small small market team. You actually really like to see that for the NBA, not seeing the stars leave for the big cities in New York or L.A., wherever the, wherever the case may be. So that's a um, huge signing today that actually happened a handful of hours ago. Um so it might bring in key pieces. I'm very curious to see if a star like Giannis can bring another star to a smaller city. I don't think we've really seen a uh, star bring someone else to a smaller city like Milwaukee. So I'm very curious to see if someone will join him there in Milwaukee. So they're obviously going to be the favorites. Drew Addition's a huge – Drew Holiday's a huge addition to that team. Um, underrated move for they made is Bobby Portis. Like, he's just an athletic, go, tough-minded guy – you know, make some dirty plays here and there, which you hate to see, but, like, he'll protect his stars. He'll get some boards. He can shoot the ball well. I think that's kind of an underrated move to back up Giannis when he's off the floor and Brooke Lopez as well. So I think they'll obviously be very good, but they need to definitely make the finals and get past that hurdle that they've struggled with the last few years. Uh, second in that division will uh, probably be the Pacers. Um, heard a lot of reports this offseason about old debut leaving, whether it's true or not. He said it wasn't, blah, 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 a lot of semi-star drama. I won't call him a star yet. He had one good year, oh. Drew. One good year. <laughs> one good year. That's all it was. But he is a very athletic, very talented player, developed a lot over his course after graduating Indiana or mm -hmm. going to Indiana, not graduating. Yeah. But then you have Sabanis come back. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, he was an all-star last year. Shoot, man. Um Miles Turner's there still. The only problem I see with Indiana is they don't really have any great three-point shooters. Um, Dougie McBucket. Oh, who cares about <laughs> him? But in this era of the NBA, you need to shoot the ball well, and that's uh, something you might see them struggle with. But, you know, I still think they'll probably be – they won't be as high as a five or – was they a five seed last year? I think they were a six seed. Six seed, but yeah. I think they'll be oh, fine. No. They were, they were a five seed, yeah. Okay. They'll be fine for a seventh or eighth this year, I think. Uh, you know, I think teams in the East got better, and uh, I don't think they really improved necessarily got worse, but teams got better, and I think you'll see them struggle. And then you have these three other teams. Like, I, you know, who, who even are they? Who even are they? I, I think the Bulls will do a little bit better. They're younger, got some decent young talent, Wendell Carter, Zach Levine, Kobe White. Um but the thing is, like, they've really never put anything together, and they're still so young. So, I mean, they're still better than the other two absolute garbage teams in that division. So I think they'll end up finishing third. Um, then you got the Cavaliers and Pistons. Oh, my gosh. Can you tie for fifth without putting a fourth place? Because yes. they are that awful. They are that awful. I, I don't even have much to say about them. 
other than the fact that the Pistons had a ball brother. But what does that do? He's the one who's not in the NBA anymore. Um, I guess I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably say Cleveland would finish fourth. They got a couple of okay, good young guards. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Who knows? They're not going to be great, but uh, they're definitely better than that Pistons, who are the new New York Knicks of the East. So that's kind of what that division sums up. Not a whole lot to talk about there with besides the Bucks winning that division. Easy for you, Jacob. That was easy. Uh, I'm sorry I had to do that to you. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. Like I said, you got the best division yeah. in the West. You got to have the worst division <laughs> in the it's East. Give, it's a give and take world, isn't it? <laughs> now, he, he mentioned the New York Knicks, so we're going to go to the uh, – excuse me, I'm, I'm incorrect. We're actually going to go to the Southeast Division uh, in the Eastern Conference, which is my division. Um, and in years past, this what Jacob just said would have been my would have been my talk. That would have been this this division. The Heat would have ran it. Magic would have gotten somehow would have gotten eighth seed, being under five hundred. Um, and but, but this year, uh, completely different. Uh, the the Hawks made a ton of moves in the playoffs. Uh, the Hornets, I mean, they'll probably be the worst team. The Hornets will be, but. Just the excitement of LaMelo Ball uh, and what they've kind of done. Gordon Hayward signing, like, they'll be a better team. Um, I don't know if they'll be playoff team. The Heat just went to the finals. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I think they're the front runners for this division. The Magic will be a team that's under 500 that somehow gets in in the eighth seed. I don't know how it will happen, but it will happen. Uh, and then the Wizards uh, got better. I mean, adding Russell Westbrook. I, this might be the toughest division to rank because there's so many unknowns. Uh, I think the Heat are going to be the top team. Uh, I, I think that's the known, you know, I don't, they didn't lose really much in free agency and they added Avery Bradley, I believe, which is an underrating signing. I think he'll be a good guard to help defend up top uh, and be able to provide a little bit of offense. I think Bam Adebayo has another great year. Uh, I think he, I want to say he should have won most improved. Did he win most improved last year? Or was that Devontae Graham? I don't remember who won it. I think it was Devontae Graham. If I'm I not think it mistaken. was Devontae Graham, but, but Bam should have won that award. Um, but Devontae did have a great season, so it makes sense. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything bad. And then Jimmy Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. Uh, I, think, I think that team is fine. I think the Hawks are going to be the second team in that division. Uh, the additions they made – look great on paper at least uh haven't seen much of them in preseason yet but at, at least on paper paper they look like a great team and and Trey Young's becoming not the new Steph Curry because he's not Steph Curry he's Trey Young um but I, I think I think that team's gonna be really good and I think that what they did took a lot of pressure off of him to not have to do everything they're now a complete team or more complete team they got better they'll be in the playoffs for sure this year uh, as long as they stay healthy and then this is where it gets tough because I'm in between the Magic and the Wizards here. And I, I, I'm going to give it to the Wizards because I think I've seen it with Russ, what he's done in, in OKC, uh, where he was an MVP, I believe, as a six seed overall in the West when he averaged a triple-double. So I, I, I'm going to give it to the Wizards. I don't know if they're a playoff team. I think they're in the same boat as the Pacers. Uh, and I always want to give them more it's because Russ is a superstar. Whereas, like you said, the Pacers don't have a superstar player. But not only is Russ a superstar, 
he has a star, you know, number two with him in Bradley Beal. And I think both of them are going to be the highest averaging duo in the NBA. I think they're going to have almost close to the same amount of points as Harden and Russ did last year. Uh, and I think Russ is going to be a more complete player this year, back to his averaging a triple-double. So I'm going to give it to the Wizards. The Magic, they're the most boring team to watch. Uh, last year around this time, I went to New Orleans. I saw the Pelicans and the Magic play. Unfortunately, Zion wasn't playing, so there was it was not worth going to see the game because it was the Orlando Magic. So now I, I do like Jonathan Isaac, and I – I hope he stays healthy this year because he is a great player and he somehow needs to get traded. And then Evan Fournier, if you play fantasy basketball for whatever, somehow, some way, get him on your team because that guy is just the best. I don't know what he does, but he is awesome. And Nikolai Vucevic, great player as well in fantasy. And then the Hornets are going to finish last. But I do, I think they got they got better. Um, but I mean that that's the Southeast Division. It, it it is the most unknown division because they had so many new moves. But I think it'll be a fun division to watch and see how the year plays out. I think there'll be a lot of fluctuation from uh, three to five uh, through most of the year as as Russ gets get used gets used to his new team. But on that note, we're going to go to the toughest division in the East Earn Conference, the Atlantic Division. Josie has this one, so Josie, I'm going to give you the floor, my friend. Yeah, the Atlantic the Atlantic Division is very similar to the Pacific Division. On the west, on the west, on the western conference, because they're they're both the most talented divisions in 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 their respective conferences. We'll go from the five up. Everybody knows whenever five will be the New York Knicks. They're not a contender. They're not. They will not make the playoffs. They're an absolute joke. Just this absolute joke. In my opinion, the signing of, of Tom Thibodeau was not a good one. In my opinion. He is known for studying the growth of his younger players. He did it in Chicago by overplaying Derrick Rose, and that was kind of the reason why he tore his ACL. And he did it similarly with in Minnesota, in Minnesota with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and, and Anthony Wiggins and uh, Tyrus Jones. Like he was overplaying them, or he wasn't using them correctly. So I kind of feel bad for RJ Barrett. I feel bad for Kevin Knox, and I feel bad for Mitchell Robinson because he's not going to help them develop to take the next step in their career. The biggest thing they could do is take tank for Cade because Cade, yep. Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State is going to be number one pick next year. So I might as well just tank for him and just make, hopefully and get the number one pick because that's what they want to do with Zion and that didn't work out. So we'll, we'll see if it happens this next year, 2021. Hey, they're the Knicks. They will never get the first overall pick besides when David Stern uh, rigged it for Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Hey, that was good for the NBA. At the time it was, but the Knicks are no longer good for the NBA. <laughs> Go to Milwaukee. <laughs> I think they'll be the new G League team here soon. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, that this, it just they're playing in Madison, Madison Square Garden every every night, which is it's it's, a, it, it's it's sad. I want to travel to every NBA stadium, but but it's I, I will not go to New York until the Knicks are good. It's just simple as that. But you have to go to New York because on the other side of the bridge, you get to see the number one team in the Atlantic Division. In my opinion, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be scary good this year if they're healthy. Again, the big thing is if they're healthy. They were almost a playoff team last year without two healthy top 10, top 10 players in the NBA. So you add, again, they had a really good supporting cast running with Jared Allen, Joe Harris, uh, Landry, uh, Land, Landry uh, Schirmer, whatever his name is. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I would yeah. mess up too. <laughs> I, I, I always mispronounce that. And then you add Kyrie and Kevin Durant they are going to be a top two or top three team in the Western Conference. 
the biggest question for them is two things. How is Steve Nash going to handle Kyrie's attitude? And B, how quickly can Steve Nash get this team on track to be a contender on, on the Western Conference? Um, if things go well with them, they could be a dangerous team. They could be fighting for maybe an NBA championship, but we'll see. That's the whole reason why Kevin Durant went to, went, went to Brooklyn, right, to be fighting for NBA championships. Number two, my opinion, the 76ers. The 76ers on paper are always a really good team. Doc Rivers was their head coach, they, and they and they and they got a new uh, GM to basically offload. They basically just did a brand new rebuild this offseason. Ben Simmons is going back to being play, uh, playing the point guard. They got a really good. They got a real backup in Joel Embiid, almost for free, in Dwight Howard. We saw what Dwight Howard did last year as a backup to uh, Anthony Davis, and then they they signed three forty percent three point shooters. They got Seth Curry, Danny Green. And uh, Tyros Maxley, who are, again will be really Tyrese good Maxie. support. Tyrese Maxley, there you go. <laughs> uh, so I, I think they'll, and then if, if James Harden goes to the 76ers, maybe, but they have to give up some of those assets that they picked up in offseason. We'll see. But I, even if they don't pick them up, I still think they'll be a number, uh, number two team in the, in the Atlantic Division. It's kind of a, a boomer bust season for them. They can go really, really good if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons stay healthy. If they don't, it go really south real quickly. Number three, it'd be the Boston Celtics. Uh, they had a little bit of a turnover roster with uh, Hayward leaving. Uh, Kemba is, is expected to miss a couple of expected to miss the start of the season with a knee injury. Uh, so it could be a little bit of a step back year for them. Uh, they also uh, they they lost what in this calendar and they lost some really good support players around them. But they did pick up uh, Tristan uh, Tristan Thompson, and we can sort of help them. Um, and in, 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 in the, in, they can help them. But I think the biggest question for them is how it's going to be uh, uh, Jason Tatum and, and uh, Tatum and Brown sort of having to pick up the weight of Kemba being out and losing Gordon Hayward, who was that, that really good support player as well. So it, if, this, if, this, if this team stays healthy, they can probably beat the Sixers for, them, for that two seed. But if not, I could see them beating that three seed. The fourth seed, in my opinion, is going to be the, the Raptors. They, they lost a lot of good, lot, lot of lot of key assets this, this offseason. Um, but they did have a good signing in Aaron Baines, who's a really really underrated uh, center. So I, I think he'll be a good a good addition. But he's not he's no Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is gonna they, they're losing that, that interior presence. They're losing that uh, that 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 little aggression in in, 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 in the in the middle of the paint. Uh, but and also car. Uh, Larry's getting a little bit older, so he's not how he was two or three years ago when they won the championship. And then, but they, but they do have uh, Siakam, who who, who was who turned to be a really good All Star. So it's gonna, no matter what, the, the Raptors are gonna be a really good, really good coach team because they have a really good coach, and, and they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna have, they're gonna play good basketball. But I don't, I I see them barely making the playoffs because they they lost a lot of good people this, this off season, and also really depends on how good. Uh, Kyrie uh, Lowry plays and Siakam plays as well. Hey, yeah, actually, I don't know. It is a very tough division. They're very competitive, but I don't know. I think I'd turn that division all around. One, I just don't think the Nets will win it. They're obviously going to be satisfied winning enough games because they're so talented and so deep that they're going to rest Kyrie and Katie enough to make sure they're healthy, that they'll end up losing a handful of games just for that reason. So I don't think they're going to win the division. 
I do think this year the Celtics will take a huge step and win this division for the fact that Jason Tatum's kind of going to have that jump. Like he's been averaging around 20 a year. He loses an 18 point per game score. He's going to be one of the best players in the East this year. I think you'll have, you'll see that Luka jump from like 20 ish points at maybe 28, 29 points a game this year. He's going to be one of the top seven or eight players in the league this year. So I think they'll win the division with Brooklyn following them up next. And then I think it's going to be Toronto after that. I just, you can never count them out. They're so well coached. It uh, doesn't matter who you throw in there, like Billy, Bobby, Jenkins, whoever. You never heard the guy, but he'll play great men and he will do something productive for the team. And they always seem to win games in the regular season, no matter the case. So I think they'll end up being third. And with Philly being fourth, I think they're much improved this year. And I think all four teams are probably going to make the playoffs and all probably be top six seeds. But I don't know. I th- I think it's just a little bit flipped, but they're all definitely going to make the playoffs other than Knicks, obviously. I, I, I agree with both you guys, if that makes sense, because I know I said the South the South uh, East was a tough division. This is almost a tougher division hearing both of you guys' arguments because you, you can't discredit the Celtics and the Raptors coach. They have two of the best coaches in, in the league, and Nick Nurse and, and Brad Stevens, in my opinion, behind Popovich is is the best coach in the NBA. Uh, I, I Now, that's also an Indiana bias. I understand, you know, being from – he's a Butler guy. But um, the, the Nets have the talent. I, I think the 76ers have the talent as well. And all those additions is what they've been missing the last couple of years. And now they don't have a, a front court of, of uh, Horford and – and uh, Embiid, which is which was never seemed to work out and didn't seem like it was gonna ever work out. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I think it's tough to say right now because it is it is gonna be different to see. But I think Tatum is a superstar, and I, I don't think any of us can disagree with that. So I think the Celtics are at least are gonna be in that two to three range, and it all depends on healthiness. Uh, they did lose uh, Brad Watermaker, which I think is big. Uh, but I love yeah. Marcus Smart. You gotta love Marcus Smart, being especially him from being from Dallas. He's he's just a he is a dirty basketball player. I will not lie about that, but um, I think he he adds a lot of value to that Celtics team. So I, I can see Josie's situation happening because I I do think the 76ers are talented. I think Doc Rivers is gonna change change that the the environment as a 76ers organization, and so. I don't know. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough, but we're gonna take a quick ad break here from our sponsor anchor.fm and we'll be back and we'll talk about um the how how we think the playoffs are going to go as well as who is going to win some awards and welcome back we're just going to be giving our awards for the year to finish off the podcast so we're going to go over who we think is going to win coach of the year rookie of the year and then the ever so loving mvp of the year uh each of us are going to give a favorite of who we think are going to win the award so we're going to give uh, who we think is going to win coach, but we're also going to give a dark horse award uh, who we think, you know, could surprise some people. Some, some people, some people might not be thinking about. Uh, and one night, obviously there's going to be some similarities between all of ours. We have not discussed this, but there'll also be some differences. So let's start off with coach of the year. I'm going to start off with Josie. Who is your favorite and dark horse for coach of the year? My favorite, I swear, this is not biased at all. Rick Carla. I Mavs are going to be a top three team. It's not okay. Taking my biases out of this, Rick Carla is a really good coach, and he's going to get the troops to to basically take the Mavs to the next step. And I think he will win Coach of the Year because he'll take them to the next step to 
be a top three team and hopefully cross my fingers, maybe get into the Western conference finals. It'll be a tough road. Uh, you have to get over the Clippers in my opinion, but I think they can. So I think Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle can win coach of the year. My dark horse, Steve Nash. If Steve Nash does a really good job with the Nets and goes in and, and leads them to be a one or two, maybe a three, a, a top three seed. I think it's worthy of him getting coach of the year because him coming in with no coaching experience and having to deal with a tough team and a tough person and player in Kyrie Irving and letting and, and building that team to be a good team. I think he's worthy. He's deserving of that award as well. Uh, good choices, Jacob. Um, I think this is the year that Brad Stevens gets it for the Celtics. Um, they've kind of just always hung right around there. I think this year that they might finish second in the Eastern Conference. Who knows? But at that same time, like, depends on sometimes when the awards are voted. If it's after the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes the way the voter the voters view the opinion on Coach of the Year, sometimes the playoffs has an effect on it. So, like, and if they do well in the playoffs, I think he very might well be Coach of the Year. He's obviously been a great mind way back in his days. And Butler done a great job rebuilding the Celtics to be a contender nowadays. So I think um, that's who I'm going to take to win Coach of the Year. But my dark horse is Terry Stotts in Portland. Just because they've added great pieces, they got two fantastic players. They got a superstar in Damian Lillard. Um, I think their ceiling's as high as third in the Western Conference, honestly. Obviously, it's super tough. You never know. Night in, night out, who wins games and who doesn't. And he's done a great job there. His handful of years. So um, that's what I'll take as my dark horse for Coach of the Year is Terry Stotts up in Portland. Good ones. I'd, my favorite Brad Stevens as well. Now, I now this is totally based on if the Celtics do well because they did lose so many pieces, and he'll we'll see what he does and uh, if they can be successful. And if he's if they're successful, I think he has the job or he has it in the bag. And then I've got two dark horses. My first one, the 76ers coach Doc Rivers. You know, based on what Josie said, if they finish second, what he he'll be able to do in his first year, uh, that's an easy because they haven't been great now. You know, since I think it was what Brett Brown was there. So uh, they've been good, but not great. Uh, so if he's able to turn that over and then Steve Kerr for the Warriors, again, the loss of clay, if they're able to be a top two team in the West, I think Steve Kerr could have a chance to steal that job or steal that award away from whoever um, who might be in the front runner, just because the Warriors, they're, they're, they're the Warriors. Everyone wants to give them an award for whatever reason. Next up, we've got Rookie of the Year. Jacob, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, it's kind of tough because you never know who's going to come in a season and do well and who's not. But I think – and I'm solely picking him just because of the numbers he's probably going to put up and for how garbage of a team he's on. And I'm thinking of Obi Toppin in New York. And I'm saying that because he kind of reminds me of a young Blake Griffin with a little bit of a better jump shot when Blake came into the league. Um, super athletic. Great to watch at Dayton. Um, I think he might have a fantastic year, put up like 15, 16 points a game, pull down eight or nine rebounds, you know, and just kind of have a handful of highlights there and might, you know, swing some voters' opinions, just how flashy some of his dunks may be. Um, So I think he will probably win Rookie of the Year. And it's hard to say a dark horse out of Rookie of the Year because, like, you've never seen him play in the NBA before. And I'm going to say dark horse because he fell a little bit in the draft and um, is Cole Anthony. Uh, son of former NBA player way back in the day. Um, obviously, one of the top players coming out of high school, had a kind of down year, injured year at North Carolina, fell a little bit in the draft, but 
he's always been fun to watch, man. So um, Orlando Magic aren't too bad anyway. So you might see him be able to like be a good addition to that team and win Rookie of the Year. All right, Josie, who are your Rookie of the Years? I have to agree with Jacob. It's going to be Obi Toppin. It's going to be my, my favorite, mainly because he is a polished offensive scorer joining a a talent poor Knicks team. Um, and then Tom to and Tom Thibodeau is going to overplay him <laughs> like he always does his rookies, and he's going to get a lot of minutes to play and a lot of time to basically get those highlights. And he's playing in New York, which we all talk crap about the Knicks, but you're you're playing in New York City, you're going to get primetime games you're going to get the, this the spotlight on you because you are in new york city so when those games comes he's going to have those flashy moments we'll like jacob was saying we'll swing some voters and get some of those votes in his favor dark horse uh i'm going with james wiseman uh mainly because he's going to have curry's to sort of to curry to like take away some of the pressure he also have draymond and wiggins and uh Ubre to sort of he has really good support plays around him so it gives him the opportunity to sort of establish himself and, and do his own thing and be, be and go in and actually make an impact with the, with the Warriors. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if he does. I hope he does because I'm a big Warriors fan. So I want them to go back and, and, and be a contender. So I, he's my dark horse and hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, those are good. Now I'm, I thought it would be the third person to say this, but I think the rookie of the year is going to be LaMelo Ball. Um, that's not sarcastic. I, I'm being serious. I do think he's got some competition at the point guard position playing with um, Devontae Graham, who just won most approved last year, as well as uh, Terry Rozier. But they just spent the number one overall pick on him. Uh, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, try to or not number one excuse me number three three overall excuse me number three uh pick on him so I think they're gonna want to give him the opportunity to be the best player he can be and I think him playing professional for what two three years now I think he'll be just fine in the NBA uh my dark horse is the guard Keelian Hayes for the Pistons he's not gonna play in a good team just like we all said like he's gonna get a lot of minutes uh Derek Rose is gonna start over him and I probably at some point Keelian Hayes will start over Derrick Rose just because he'll be able to give him a different dimension or he'll play number two behind him. So yeah, Killian Hayes is my dark horse for the award. Now we go to the big one, MVP. I will start us off on this one just because I think I know where you guys are going, but I think this year's MVP is simple. Um, it's Luka Doncic. Yeah, I already said it earlier. I think it. you can't pick LeBron even though he has the crazy numbers he has, he has Anthony Davis. He has all this help. Luca's gonna Luca's gonna have his team at least in the top three in the West. Uh, they're gonna they they play a ton of primetime games, and he's the reason why. As Jacob said last episode, talking about Christmas episode or Christmas games, he is he is potentially the new face of the NBA. At least that's how the NBA is trying to push. So Luca's gonna win the award. I think LeBron's going to have a great year like he did last year. Curry is my dark horse because if Curry has – now Jacob said he might have an off year or he's going to have an off year, he's going to have a tough year. But if he has a great year and the Warriors, again, are top three in the West, I could see him potentially winning it. Kevin Durant because uh, I think he'll be better than Kyrie for that team. So those are the names I think are going to be in the talk. But I think Luka's, Luka's going to win the award, and I think he's going to win it almost like Curry did unanimously uh, a couple years ago. 
Jacob, who are your winners? Um, I'm going to agree with you, uh, Luka Doncic, man. You know, like I said last episode, like I'm going to continue to say probably throughout the season that he's probably going to be the new face of the NBA at some point in the next handful of years. You know, it puts up ridiculous numbers, lots of primetime games. He's hit big shots. He's fun to watch. So, I mean, I just don't know where you're, uh, you're going to go else other than that besides someone who puts up crazy numbers for one time and forever long. So I'm going to say Luka to win it. Um, there's a couple of names out there for uh, dark horses. That I think I've been high on Jason Tatum this year. Going to have a huge jump, I think. I don't think he's going to be an MVP, but you might see him jump and be in the discussion for it. Um, another one uh, for the Lakers, but it's not LeBron. It's AD. And people kind of just, they obviously don't underestimate him, top three player in the league, but you're always going to say LeBron's the MVP first. And you never can really put AD out of the discussion either for what he brings to that team offensively and defensively. And then, you know, another guy I would maybe say is Damian Lillard. Like I said earlier in this episode, Portland Trailblazers might have a fantastic year, and he's going to be the reason they have that fantastic year. So that's kind of my thoughts on the MVP race this year. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunate for Giannis, because he's won it two years, I don't think he'll be thought of again this year unless he has another crazy year. But Giannis is someone that we can throw out there. Josie, who are your MVPs? I feel like a broken record, a record, because <laughs> it's going to be Luca again, in my opinion. I feel like I'm biased because I have Rick Carlo winning coach of the year and Luca winning MVP, but the the face of the NBA is Luka Doncic, and, every, and we all in agreement with that. And and we know by the NBA putting him to play against the Lakers on prime time slot on Christmas Day, so Luca should win handily. If he's healthy and nothing, no injuries happen, that's the big thing. You can never consider – you can never predict anybody get injured. So, Luka will win the MVP, in my opinion. A dark horse, I'm going with Damian Lillard. It has to be Damian Lillard because they, the Portland finally has the support pieces around him to let him do what he does well, the score, and be that all-star player, and basically and, and allow Portland to be a, maybe a top three or four seed and contend – in the Western Conference, because in my opinion, there are dark there are dark horses in the Western Conference. They could they can make it to the Western Conference Finals and, and and give the Lakers or Clippers a run for their money, if they're healthy and and if they play like we expect them to be. Another one, I think Kevin Durant, like him going to the Nets and basically him sort of getting back into the rhythm and seeing the Kevin Durant that we know and we love and we appreciate. He's always gonna be a top five player. And he deserves to be an MVP or an MVP conversation. So I think him going over there, him being rejuvenated, him being extra motivated, I think he's going to take the next step in his career and maybe get uh, an MVP if, if the Nets turn out to, to be a, maybe a top two or a top one or two seed. There's one name that none of us said, but I want to ask you guys about before we, before we hop off. Zion Williamson, does he even have potential to be in the conversation? Jacob? No, just because he might have a great year and average like, you know, 26 points a game. Might miss a few here for injuries and have a ton of rebounds. But the thing that voters care way too much about, in my opinion nowadays, is the team's win-loss record. And I just don't think the Pelicans will be a top – I don't know, you probably have to be a top four seed in your division or in your conference to win the MVP, and I just don't think they'll be that. And that's like – that's the only reason to hold him back from that discussion. He might have a fantastic year, but that will be the one thing – dragging him down yeah i i agree uh see i think i think we we talk about the the future of the nba and, and the future face 
think it's between Luca and Zion, and I think Luca's going to be it because he is more of the big. He does, he makes more of the big plays, whereas Zion he can dunk the ball and do all these cool things. But at the end of the day, I, I think I think Luca is going to beat him, and I think this is the year Luca kind of takes over the NBA. Um, so I do think I do think Zion will win an award. He'll win Most Improved Player of the Year, in my opinion, if he stays healthy. Yeah, it's it's either between him. DeAndre Aiden or Michael Porter Jr. will win most of the player of the year in, in, in this upcoming season. So I think he'll, he can be, if he stays healthy and, he, and if he does what we know he could do, because he didn't play much games last year. So he has the ability to win an award, not where everybody wants, but at least it's something. Yeah. Hey, and he put seats in the Pelicans stadium. Cause like I said, I went to a game last year empty, but watching him then play on TV, like that place was packed to the brim i think the seats were like four hundred dollars just to see zion play so if he's on tv watch him he's gonna do something special brandon ingram's fun to watch for them too i think he i think i think they have an exciting team i just don't think they're very good oh the weather outside is frightful but the fire is so delightful and since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you'd love me so Let it snow, let it snow and snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really grab me tight All the way home I'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow 